Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. It's been six months since the COP26 climate conference in Glasgow, and in that time, countries that were focused on fighting climate change are now also dealing with the energy security issues brought on by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So this week, the president of COP26, Alok Sharma, a British politician, returned to Glasgow to deliver a message to the world. In the final moments of COP, I described the Glasgow Climate Pact as a fragile win. And unless we accelerate delivery, citizens will look on and see that cracks have emerged. With COP27 in Egypt six months away, I check in with my colleague, Politico EU's Carl Matheson, about the progress the world has made since COP26, the challenges it still faces, and the expectations for COP27. It's Wednesday, May 18th. So Alok Sharma, who's the UK minister who presided over COP26, has tried to come back into the public eye in the last week or so. There was a ministerial meeting last week in Copenhagen and then on Monday he went back to Glasgow to the venue of the event to give a speech. I guess the general sense of his speech was an admission that the invasion of Ukraine has taken the wind out of the sails. But then he was keen to make this argument that actually the invasion of Ukraine is the proof that we need to accelerate our efforts because at the heart of this is a dependence on fossil fuels everywhere. And within that was also an admission that the political goals that they set six months ago at COP26, which was really to come back within the next 12 months with more aggressive climate goals, that there really hasn't been any movement on that whatsoever. And so he was kind of trying to get countries to focus their attention back on those commitments. Yeah, so just to break down a little bit deeper into one thing you just said there. So Sharma is obviously arguing that countries should actually use this moment to accelerate the move off of fossil fuels. But is there any evidence that 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 argument that Sharma is making is actually registering for countries? I think in both the UK and Europe, we're seeing movement on that. So the UK has brought out an an energy strategy and the European Union is going to bring out this package of proposals called Repower EU. And the idea driving that is to get Europe off its Russian gas dependence within this decade and to cut it rapidly in the next sort of 12 months by two thirds, I think is the number. So alongside that, the European Commission is making a very strong play for a big boost to the rollout of renewable energy. And that would entail things like mandating solar panels to be on all new buildings. So they're kind of stepping up their climate agenda alongside trying to deal with the short-term fallout of the energy crisis and the shortage of gas supply. Yeah, you mentioned the UK, but I mean, are there examples of countries that are actually actively reviewing the targets they set at COP26 and increasing them, as Sharma has said his expectations are. And if we are able to identify any of those, kind of what's driving that? So the two that we can identify are the UK 
and the other one is the COP27 host, Egypt, which hasn't actually submitted a new nationally determined contribution yet. I think one of the things that's in the air around these targets is that the UK has a fairly ambitious target. They're saying they're going to cut by 68% on their 1990 levels by 2030. And from talking to diplomats, I think the most likely way that they're actually going to strengthen their NDC, their Paris Pledge, is actually by introducing sectoral targets. So they're going to say, this is when we're going to phase out the coal sector. This is what we're going to do about steel or cars. But the real pressure and the elephant in the room is that it's not that none of this matters if China doesn't change its NDC, but certainly the 1.5 degree goal of the Paris Agreement is unachievable unless there's an acceleration in the biggest emitter in the world. And there's zero indication at this stage that China intends to raise its kind of near-term climate goals in the next 12 months. There's no noises that are suggesting that. Yeah, on that last point. So it's unclear what China is going to do. It's not looking great. And obviously, the invasion might elevate some concerns it already had about energy security. So what is Sharma saying about the upcoming COP27 in Egypt here? And in six months. Is he keeping expectations pretty low or does he, is he expecting things, the outlook to look different here as time passes? Well, I think it's going to be an interesting year for the UK because this is actually the year of their climate presidency. And they're working very closely with the Egyptians in terms of collaboration. They're talking a lot about the priorities of the Egyptians. And that means you know, money for adaptation, money for financing clean energy projects around the world, particularly in developing countries. So there's kind of priorities, which I guess they're African priorities in particular, and this is an African COP. On the political side of things, Sharma kind of has to talk about fulfilling the Glasgow Climate Pact as the key goal for this year, because that was a the key asked for the Glasgow Climate Pact was for everyone to come back and make these new pledges. And at the moment, they're lauding it as a historical achievement. But if it's ignored by some of the really key emitters, then we're going to revise our view on that, I think. Also, according to a new report from the industry group American Clean Power Association, the United States reached 200 gigawatts of renewable power generating capacity last year. That's enough wind and solar to supply about 13% of the country's electricity needs. However, the report also says that the clean energy sector is facing significant problems that are threatening to slow its growth. For example, the solar industry is seeing project delays and cancellations due to a federal investigation, supply chain constraints from the pandemic, and additional trade action. Overall, the report found that maintaining last year's project volume would provide just 35% of what is needed to reach President Joe Biden's goal of reaching net zero carbon emissions from the power grid in the U.S. by 2035. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash 
hydrogen fuel.